American football in Finland. The voice in your ears, perfect purpose, and welcome to another episode of American football in Finland. I'm here with my co-host, Q Floyd. What's going on, people? And we have another great show lined up for you today. As usual, before we get into the football, how was your weekend, Q? Uh, weekend was great. Uh, hot again. Uh, some good football, so I'm satisfied. Yeah, uh, my weekend was, I really don't remember. It's all a blur. But like you said, some decent <laughs> football was played, so that made it worthwhile. Uh, let's get into the game. First thing up, game balls. Let's give out a few game balls from last weekend. Who impressed you in this week? I think you already know who I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> it was a lot of good football play this weekend, but my game was going to no other than Dayton Wynn. Once again, another spectacular game for him. So that's where my game's ball going. <laughs> I'm using a proxy. My wife said R.J. Long, so I'm going with R.J. Long. He did play really well for the Wolverines in this game. Um, in this game, they didn't have as many of their weapons on offense, and he stepped up, and he was that guy. He played inside. He played outside. When Rojo threw in the ball, he went up and got it, and he made play after play after play. He really – I mean, he almost had 200 yards receiving in this game, had 10 catches, and you predicted it before the game and said that he was going to have a breakout game. He did. It's just it mm-hmm. looks bad considering they didn't win the game. A game they should have won. We all know that. This week, we're changing the format a little bit. Instead of going over each game, we're going to go over certain topics from the game so that you guys can get a a feel of what really happened instead of just telling you the scores of the game. If you don't know the scores, look that shit up online. First topic up, let's talk about the Roosters, who now look like a legit top 10 team in Europe. Man, I'm going to let you take it first, Q. What do you think about them and how they're looking right now after this weekend? I think she was clicking on all cylinders. I mean, from special teams, offense, defense, or def- okay, I think the weakest link now is the defense. On offense, they put the ball up. They can score the 50 plus bacon, as you say. On teams, man, you got a chance. Man, you can outscore them. You don't really have to have great of defense if you put 50 burgers. So um, the Roosters are definitely looking at the top 10 team. Um, they're getting into that rhythm, or they're in that rhythm of that playoff run. This is the part of the season where the roots is really bogged down and, and, and football. So, you know, they they seeing a chip in their, in their future. So they're the best-looking team, obviously, in the Maple League, but they definitely look like a top-ten team. Um, yeah, I think that's what they did really well in this last game was that they played a team that shouldn't be on the same field as them statistically, and they proved it. And like you said, their defense, you know, they give up points, but that's what happens. Everybody knows if you're putting up 50, 60 points, you're probably going to get in some subs on defense, and the other team, if they play hard, they're going to be able to score. And they, they saw that even a couple weeks ago when they played against the Butchers. They saw that, you know, you can't just let teams have it. But the point is still there. They're going into these games, and they're dominating. They're putting teams away early, and the rest of the game is basically a formality. And that's what you that's what you want from a legit team in Europe. I know we're talking Maple League on this show, but the Roosters are on the international scale, and that's what they look like right now. Early in the season, they look like, okay, well, the Maple League is wide open. The Roosters look okay, but not great. But now, 
like you said, everything is clicking, and they look fucking phenomenal. I'm trying not to curse as much, but I can't help it. I, I got to let you know how, how much I want you to know how they look really good. Offensively, everything is working the way they want it to work. They're moving the ball at ease. They're doing different stuff. They even got Connett, um lining up at quarterback sometimes to mix it up just to – they don't have to, but they do it because they can. And that's a, that's the mark of a good team is knowing that you can do what you want when you want. And defensively, uh, their defense coordinator wasn't there last weekend, so that might have had a little bit to do with them giving up a few points to the Saints of all people, but the Saints are a quality team. Saints are having bad luck this season, and it has continued. In the last game they played against the Roosters, in warm-ups, their quarterback gets injured. So this is the, I want to say, third game this season. If you include the game that Tuscany Figaro actually got hurt really early in the game, that they've had to play without a legit quarterback. How can you win a game? You can't win if that's the way that things are going to go. Um, for the Saints, it just seems like, Every year is something. Ever since they got to the Maple League, every year there's something that keeps them from getting on the positive side of the season. And this year, I mean, it's been pretty much a scrap from the beginning. They've had personnel issues. And even now, Raymond Cotton looks like he would be able to get them over the hump, at least steal some wins. I mean, they already stole one from the Royals two weeks ago, but he gets hurt in warm-ups. Warm-ups. Not the game, but warm-ups. It's just, I don't know what to say besides just bad luck for the Saints. They got bad juju over there, man. What do you think? Yeah, I, I definitely agree. Um, I mean, if you to get hurt in one month, man, that's the start to the day. You know, it's not positive. Um, brings everybody down in a way. And, uh, you know, import-wise, they got an exciting import. Uh, um, but it's just not enough. Going into a game, not just starting quarter against the top. Europe team and top maybe like you just don't give yourself a chance and, and the Saints really have to as an organization have to figure out what they want to do is do they really want to contend or enjoy being in it and playing um, because at some point you, you have to go outside of your normal and, and get those players and, and try to recruit some players to the team and uh, changing, changing coaches year to year now that's a difference man it does yeah. Players, you know, you want to build a culture there. They just need to, like, invest in building a culture. Yeah, they um, changing coaching staffs this year. They also lost a lot of um, homegrown players out there. They don't that, that roster isn't a lot of the same Saints guys that's been there the last three or four years. So they're, they're going through some, some things. Definitely think they, they got bad juju, man. Bad juju over there. Oh, yeah. Definitely do. Gerard Johnson and the Steelers dominate the Crocs defense. It's just – it is what it is. Tell us about it, Q. Oof. Now, now, now that was a game now. Uh, yeah, it was. I, I think Corpio, I think Corpio um, really they do best, and that's run the ball. Gerard Johnson is playing amazing. Uh, it's exactly what you want from your running back. A lot of big plays. He's, you know, the guys don't want to tackle him in the game. But when he comes – the first half, like he did this last game, there, you know, over 150 yards, 200 rushing yards. Uh, Corpio needs, you know, they need to have like that. Um, Seth Peters isn't the greatest, but he doesn't have to, right? He's still putting up points. 
Um, get some good plays from their from their finished guys. And when you can combine your sports playing good and, and your finished players playing good, um, it's nothing but just a recipe for success. It ended up being a close game. So I believe the last drive. And it, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying it shouldn't have. I'm not I shouldn't have came down to the last drive. So they do fight and they did put together that they needed to be in that game. But Corpio, as from the beginning, you could kind of like, you know, the cross for themselves. At least that's how I took I was like, it's no way the cross is going to I mean, I know they're just going to, you know, just, just, just pull them, you know. And it happened in my mind. Uh, they had a chance to win and, and did it to do. So uh, for Corpio, it was a win for them. Uh, a close game, but Corpio, they're looking good right now. Yeah, I mean, it was it was 21-7 at half. And that kind of told the tale. Second half, um, credit to the Crocodiles for fighting back in the game and making it close and, and making the Steelers have to score in the fourth quarter to win the game. But you, you, when you looked at the film, if you're just watching the game, Steelers came out and they dominated. Gerard Johnson did what he wanted, when he wanted, and at the end of the game when they needed him, he scored. He, do, he does what he does. And you kind of there was this feeling the entire game was that you know, the Steelers are the better team. They're dominating this game, but the Crocodiles gave them a fight. And again, I'm not trying to take anything from the Crocodiles for that. They did actually um, compete in this game and they played well, but there was no doubt, even even though it came down to the end, there was no doubt that the Steelers were able to do what they wanted to. They want to run the ball. They don't want to necessarily put up 80 points a game unless you make them. Their past game, Seth Peters, it works off of the run. He play action fakes, and that's when he wants to hit his receivers. Um, Tino and Dongo does really good on the hitch and go route. They love to pull that out, and that's a big play for them. But it's based on the fact that you have to respect the run game. And Gerard Johnson, I mean, he's leading the league in touchdowns and yards and any other type of stats that he could get. Obviously, you have to respect it. The Crocodiles' defense, it's their weakness. It's, it is their weakness, and it showed against the Steelers. It showed against the Roosters. It showed against the Wolverines. In all their losses, their defense is what really let them down. Their offense puts up a decent amount of points, and their offense is able to score. But what can you do if you're constantly behind or your defense gives up points that you can't come back from? But that's going to segue me because I might as well just do it. into yeah, the next okay. topic, Crocodiles don't have that it factor yet and me and Q we've had discussions about this because Q keep picking them to win these games and I keep saying when you play in the I say when you play in the Roosters and the Steelers the two things I said of why I didn't pick them was they don't have that it factor Crocodiles this is a good team I'm I'm so I feel like I'm like jumping back and forth because I'm saying negative things but I believe this is a good team but we all know football is more than we know that football is more than what what you put on the field. It's more than the players you have on paper. It's more than what they can actually do in the game. It's more than the coaching. There's a there's always this something. There's a little bit of something that you can't you can't put a a value on. It's the intangibles that a team has to have to be that higher level. And this year in the Maple League, the talent the competition is high. So you have to have that it. And the Crocodiles don't have it. And they found it out in the three losses they've had. like They can beat a team like the Royals or the Saints with a few mistakes here and there and just out-talent them. But they can't beat a team like the Steelers, and they couldn't beat a team like the Steelers when it came down to it at the end because it took them too long to get going. They made too many mistakes on both defense and offense, 
and when you thought about the game, it was it was close at the end. I think the score was uh, 21-27. Baker, um, Jonathan Baker scores a touchdown. Okay, that's the that's the third quarter. Okay, we got one more quarter left. They're up by a point, and you're like, the Steelers are gonna score. You knew that, but are the Crocs gonna score? I don't know. Is the Crocs defense going to make a huge turnover and get the ball back? I don't know. That's because they don't have that it factor. There's no person on the team that you can say, okay, he's going to make a play when they need it, even though they have a lot of talent. And then there's also, there's no situation where you're like, their defense is going to do this, or their offense is going to do this, or their coaching staff is going to do this. Like Even going as far as the coaching staff, there's nothing schematically about this team that separates them to make them so special that they can win when you know they have to. And I'm sorry for making it sound so bad in my assessment, but it is what it is with the Crocodiles. They just don't have that it fact. All right, you can go now. Sorry for my long-winded. <laughs> no, you said you, every point, man. I mean, it was one questionable call in that game towards the end of the game. They ran an option to boundary. Yeah, and, uh, it was. I, I still see. I like you're not giving yourself a chance by doing that unless you unless you already made a decision that the quarterback is keeping the ball. Running the option to the ball is never a good. Like it's just never a good play, and especially in, like you always run the field if you if you're trying to have the actual option of the quarterback keeping it and making the defense choose. But you, we shorten the field running it. It's just a bad situation, and there, obviously you can see that for game. But their speed option hasn't been successful all year, so it's just really weird to run it in that situation. Yeah, it's and it, it's it's not going to be. Um, I always say when you when you run the option, who can hurt you the most? Well, normally it's the running back. If you take away the running back from the option immediately, now you leave your quarterback having to run the ball. You, you don't want to hit that much, and um, defenses want the quarterback to hit the ball. Um, unless you're playing like Michael Vick or something, or something yeah. like that. But, uh, the, the Crocs, the Crocs, they they have played two. I will say two games stood out where they should have won against the top two teams, and they took the top teams in the league right now to the wire, and yep. they just cannot pull it off for some reason. I think it's just it, 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 it says a lot for the team, the other top two teams, but it says something for them that they can play with these teams yeah. when they want to. They do so much during the game affects them having a chance and then every time they get down to the to the to make a stop or the offense having to make a play they just don't make it and that's that impact that you were saying they yep. just don't have that and when you don't when you don't have that then you'll look back on the season and you're like man if we'd only made this play or if we only did this i mean it's kind of like one of those things you feel in half but the crocs just they literally just don't have it though right? yep. and i don't know what it is or or and you can't put a finger on it. It's that it's intangible. Yeah, it's just that that thing that like, you just got to have that. That's all. I mean, just last thing I'm say about it is that's the difference between the Crocs and those top two teams is that the Crocodiles are a good team. That if factor is what will make them great. Hopefully they can get that factor. They can get that if factor before the end of the season. Butcher's offense. Oh my gosh. Butcher's offense had a field day. I mean, obviously Dayton Wynn was the, you know, the the main beneficiary, but the Butcher's offense showed its butt in this game and they were up early. What was it? 13 to 3 at one point, I think. 
Yeah. Yep. The, the Butchers' offense didn't play no games. They came out and and it's actually been a tell of the season for these guys because I dogged them when they first came out in that spread offense. I was like, "What are y'all doing? This is not the Butchers. What are y'all doing?" But they've grown through the season, and in this game, they kind of hit a. I want to say they they went to an apex of their offense. This is probably as good as it's looked in a game where talent wise they were outmatched against the Wolverines. And they still were able mm-hmm. to be successful on the offensive side. And that's not even talking about their defense, but their offense is really what they needed. They needed to be ahead in this game. That's how you beat the Wolverines. You make them come from behind. And their offense did yeah. that. Hans Fortune got the ball to everybody he needed to. Dayton Wynn scored as many ways as he could, as usual. And their offense is just really clicking right now. Yeah, I, I, about them. The Butchers, man, you know, Yimmy, he got a great game plan. Um, on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Offensively, he he did what what he was comfortable doing offensively. He Dayton Wynn opens up his pass game, and he did, and he's a part of the pass. Um, when you have a guy like Dayton Wynn, the Wolverines all week should be thinking, how can we keep him from doing what he does? I don't think the Wolverines did that. I don't think they, you know, I think they wanted to play a defense that uh, should be able to stop anything. Well, you've been giving up forty to forty five points a game before you played the Butcher, so. Uh, you got to change, and they didn't. Like the scheme wasn't a good scheme for this team. Uh, had your you had your can import uh, cornerback on the trip, uh, which he yeah, shouldn't have been on. He should have been the, the single receiver side, and I think that did exactly what any smart coach would do. And that's we're going to wherever the field the mismatch is, and that's what they did the game times wouldn't get off the field on defense on on third and I mean. The butchers, the third and five, and the butchers are getting like fifteen yards on a on, on a sweep. Yeah, like, they're just they doing were, a toss, they, like a, a basic <laughs> yeah, toss. They're not pulling anybody; they're just tossing it, and he's getting out to the edge. Like they didn't pull. They're not. They're not trapped. Like there's no scheme to it. They literally said, "We're gonna toss to the left and run and outrun you to the left." Y'all aren't gonna make the play. Sorry, I jumped in there, but it's shit, fun. like no, no, you're right. you're right. It was just like we think we're better than you. Um, and we're going to run what we want to run, pretty much. That's what they did, man. It, it was – watching that game was so frustrating because um, I, I felt like Butchers did what the Wolverines should be doing every game. You know? Right, right. I see the mismatch. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, I mean, it's 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 not the NCAA. It's not the NFL, man. You literally – in Europe, you say, okay, we're going as cornerback. This same can't tackle that good, so we're going to go him. Like, it's just certain things that you have to do to make the – for your guys and like rings haven't been doing that but um they have been doing it offensively that's why i think they got off this game because it didn't matter who was covering him whether they double team or not he got off but you yeah. go where where your best playmaker is and you want him to make the make plays and that's what the Bucks did they knew dayton win would be a problem out of the backfield they knew he'd be a problem at receiver and they went to him and that's what you, and that was a big thing for the butchers organization um definitely a confidence builder Going into these next few games, man. yeah, for sure. And I can't. I had to take hats off to Coach Coach Yimmy. I know he watched film. You can tell he watched film on the World Rush because he went exactly where the mid-match was majority of the time. They and the Wolverines just could not stop them. They couldn't stop them. Wolverines put them in a bad position too. Um, they got to. I think it was. It might have been fourth and seven or a fourth down, and you, and you leave us a, a slot. Miko Miko stepping in for one. You need to have a DB on him. They left him one on one with an outside linebacker, yeah. a young kid. It's just, it's just, you just don't do that in that situation. They blitzed. 
I don't think it was a good time to book obviously off because you haven't been necessarily make you haven't been making plays like that. And like I, I can't question Kari's call. I mean, everybody makes certain calls for whatever reasons and he did, but that was just a bad situation to put your linebacker in. Yeah. And and the butchers scored on that they scored and that put them uh, in a comfortable lead, you know what I'm saying? So I think it was a lot of plays in that game where it kind of questionable on the Wolverines side. Um, but then they still chance, you know, game of inches, man. They still fought back and and, and tried. But the Butchers offense, man, they look good. Like they yeah. put up points. Look, th- one thing we know about the Butchers, okay, Dayton wins don't get the ball, right? So I don't care who you mm-hmm. are, you like you said, you got to make a plan for Dayton win. It, explain to me, explain to me how good the Butchers offense got to be that this guy had twenty seven touches. They made sure he got the ball. He had twenty one rushes. And six catches had two hundred and I can't I can't find where the hell the number at two hundred ninety eight all purpose yards, including this kickoff. He almost had three hundred mm. yards, and that's a that's an average day for him. Like it doesn't. This is one of the games. Average. Yeah, this is one of the games where he got more rush yards than pass yards because, like you said, like you know they tossed him the ball, and then a couple of times he even ran up the middle, which I thought was crazy. One thing I thought going into this game was that okay. For the Wolverines, they know Wynn wants the ball on the edge. So the Wolverines have to make sure they have speed to get to the edge on their defense. But they didn't do that. They played a six-man box. Their linebackers don't have sideline-to-sideline speed. Jabari's playing safety, and he's usually the first person to make the play. That's a problem when you're playing against somebody like Dayton Wynn because he's not that mm-hmm. tackleable that even Jabari had a tough time getting to him. But their linebackers were nowhere to be found, and that's because they're getting blocked by linemen who aren't pulling. That's ridiculous. And but that's more, ridiculous. yeah, more than that being ridiculous, trying to lead the Wolverines alone is that's the Butchers playing ball the way they know how to play. And I give credit to that offensive line because I've really underestimated what they can and can't do as a unit because I don't see a lot of strength on that offensive line. But they showed a lot of mobility in this game, being able to get to the second level. And for Dayton Win, that's that's basically saying we're gonna score every time. Cause him and safeties, that's not something mm-hmm. you want. Cause he he's breaking down a lot of guys with his speed and the way he can change it so often. But this butcher's offense looks crazy good. And this game kind of just proved that even if they're playing a team where you think that the other team can match up, they can't. Because this offense is is set up in a way that benefits Dayton Win however he gets the ball. And it's gonna be really good going forward mm-hmm. because in my opinion, right now, the Butchers look like they could be a playoff team. They look they look better than the Crocodiles to me right now for that fourth spot. Even though the record doesn't show it at this point, they look like they could be the pl- the fourth seed playoff team right now. Yeah, if, if if they can, if they can, it would suck. I mean, you know, we ended up at first. I mean, obviously, I wouldn't want to see the Butchers play the Roosters first. Play Corpio yeah. first, and then um, that that would be an interesting game in the playoffs. Definitely. Yeah. If, if they are if they play against Quopio, that would be definitely a def- good game. Thinking Wolverines look a hot Ooh. mess, a hot mess. I'm, man, you take it. Ooh. Go first, Q, because you know I got something to say. Three way. I mean, the team that I picked to win the championship, I, I definitely picked it off of the vets that they have. They have sustained injuries, uh, but I still feel like. The Wolverines have to make a decision uh, as a team to say, are we going to just keep in the bed pretty much, or are we going to actually play as good as we know we can? I don't think the Wolverines have the 
played a complete game all season, though. I think we, they got camouflage with the scoring points in the first four games, gave them some confidence, and then after that, after that Roosters lost, it was just downhill from there. They get a chance now to to get a win. I, I don't even – I can't say that this should be an easy win because I don't even know which team – I don't know if the team uh, – the first four games is this team still. Um because it's so late in the season and you take and and I mean Vasa man, you know, Vasa gonna play hard, man. Yeah. They yeah. got a receiver they gotta deal with this game. The Wolverines gotta really gotta have some better schemes on defense. Offensively they come with a better game plan um, on how to get their playmates off. And they start slow like they always do. Always start the game off slow. And that hurts them. Because other teams get up and then you got to fight to get back in this game. The Wolverines have to come out and actually score on the first drive, score on the second drive. Like they have to get that rhythm early and not play so slow and don't leave it up to your defense to have to bear you out playing because they're going to do it. It's just, just, it's just that simple. Like they're not going to, if it's third and five, third and seven, or third and two, I don't want, I'm, I can't count on this defense to make that play all the time. And they need to be able to get off the down and give the offense a chance, but any team that's playing the Wolverines or play the Wolverines right now, I mean, Vasa, you better if Seppo got those guys watching film right now and saying, guys, this is where we can hit them. They're going to run the ball. Vasa is going to run the ball. I'm 100% sure they're going to run the ball over 30 times because they they know yeah. that the Wolverines linebackers don't dominate the box. D-line on the edge, they definitely can't contain. They can't set the edge. So I, this is going to be an interesting if the Wolverines lose this game against Dan, I, I don't even know what to say. That's four straight losses, and, and right now, with the, you know, things are looking different for that playoff race. <laughs> so, so the Wolverines have to come out. They have to win the game in a, in a nice fashion and, and play ball like like I feel like they can, man. But, you know, it's just one of the things where you just you lose and you losing and you get close to winning. I mean, really, Jason had a great catch in that game. And leave it up to the finish rest. Sure, you got that first down. They're not, they're not gonna, you know, give you the spot. I mean, it's, it's a hurtful loss for them uh, losing that game, but a big deal for the Butchers. But the Wolverines really have to make something happen these next few games to, yeah, to that's for sure. going into the playoffs. Yeah, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Let me let me just throw some stats in here, man. You know, I like to throw in stats every once in a while. I like to look up the stats while we're talking. But uh, let me tell you a story. If I came to you and said, all right. My quarterback was 26 for 39, threw for 433 yards, three tubs. I got one receiver with 178 yards and a tub, another receiver, 173 yards and two tubs, and my team still lost. That's that's Helsinki Wolverines. You telling me Rojo throw for 400 yards, three touchdowns, RJ almost get 200, uh, Marcus Siskinen almost get 180 yards and two tubs, and y'all still lose. That's a problem. That's a huge problem. Because you can't ask for better numbers than that. So then you're wondering, what do those numbers really mean? Those numbers mean that when they got behind, they started putting up points. Or they started getting yards. More than anything, it's yards, not points. But it was too late by that point. And like you said earlier, this is a team that needs to start off fast. Their defense has holes. It's been proven that they can't contain on the edge. They can't get to the edge on a run play. Their linebackers don't flow to the ball quickly, whether it's sideline to sideline or even in the hole. They they let linemen get to the second level, and that's because the run game is what really hurts them. 
what we've seen in the last three games is three teams run the ball on the Wolverines. The reason they were able to is because they weren't behind. In those first four games, Wolverines jump out and the other teams don't run, except for the Crocodiles game where the Crocodiles weren't trying to run. That was their fault on scheming. They were trying to pass for no reason. But other than that, every team they play on the defensive side, we know they're going to pass because they're behind. That makes defense easier. Our defense is set up to stop the passing game. That's where the strength of the Wolverines lies. Supposedly, it's in their defensive backs and because they have so many imports and whatnot. So that's what they knew going into the season. These last three games, including this Butchers game, the rush has killed them. They haven't been able to stop the rush, which opens up the pass, which gives you a whole can of worms. Mean you can't stop shit. Again, I'm sorry for cursing. If you can't stop the run, you can't stop the pass because you don't know when the pass is going to be coming because a team that can run can dictate when they want to run and pass. And that's what the Wolverines have got to get fixed. I'm not going to say anything bad about their offense, even though it starts slow. I mean, Rojo threw for 400 yards. I don't care. If my quarterback throws 400 yards, my team needs to win. If my team doesn't win, my quarterback throws 400, no interceptions, I'm blaming the defense. Defense has to do something. They scored 30-something points. Come on, defense. You got to do something. I think for the Wolverines going forward, they're going to have to either make schematic changes on defense or their players going to have to play better. I don't know if you can get these guys to play better. They've kind of shown what they're capable of already. I think it's a confidence that man, um, defensively right now for the Wolverines, man. They just don't have it. You can see on the field there's not a lot of communication going on. Um, it's just a, a whole bunch of people doing what they want to do. Yeah. Um, and some, you know, Jabari, I got to talk to Jabari, man, because if it wasn't for Jabari, right, the few plays that he's made, the energy that he's made, he made a big interception in that game um, to kind of give his team a chance. I'm saying, and, and he's not even a deep player necessarily. Now he is, but even a defensive player. So when you think about that and you think, He's the best defensive player on this team that's playing right now. Uh, the Wolverines, he just like anywhere from the from the front seven, like that front seven have to be confident when it comes to this run game. And right now, they're just not doing it. Like I don't know what they have to do. I don't know if it's a personnel. I don't know if it's a leadership. Um, but if I'm anybody that runs the ball, I, I want to play this team right now. Their confidence is on defense. It's, it's almost like you can see the team score, put their heads down on the sideline, it's dry. Like it's like it's like everybody's just trying to figure out what is going on. Look, no had to take control of this defense and say, you know what? We're gonna make the players we need to make to help them these games. And instead of because right now they're taking it. When you when you linebackers get blocked one on one blocks, like the young the the younger linebackers that they have, these guys are making plays when they can. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's so much they can do. But, to, but imports are there for a reason. I don't know if you're a European import or whatever, but you have to make a statement in these games. They're just not getting that. Q, um, tell, tell them about the imports. What are imports supposed to do, man? Man, imports are supposed to be impacting these games, man. They're supposed to be playing not average. Right now, these guys aren't even playing average. Like, they, they aren't even playing average. I mean, I've seen one of the defensive ends for the Wolverines get blocked by running back. Not shot. Nothing. I mean, helmet, or chin blocks. <laughs> like, it's just certain things where you, it's not supposed to happen. Like, if you have imports on your D-line, these dudes should be making some kind of things. No matter the depth, just feel like they should be making a players game. James tries his hardest. 
You know what I mean? He can help him out when he can, but you got defense mm-hmm. who are one-on-one all the time because J-Mo's double team. These guys got to make plays. You know, it's, it's just that simple. Like, they're just not – if you don't pressure defensively from your line, then now you go to the inside. You know what I mean? You can't just blitz from the outside all the time and think that that's going to make plays for you because now the run game is killing you because you don't have a linebacker in there who can – who can spy or whatever. You know what I mean? He just they just have it on, on defense right now. And I think the Wolverines have to find a way to get confidence on the defensive side of the ball. I don't know how that's gonna happen. Um, but I hope it does because I don't want to see them lose fourth game. But Vasa and knowing what Vasa does, run the ball, like it's, it's it's gonna be a crucial game, man. Get it off your chest. It's that time. We're going to say what's on our minds, so let's get it off our chest. What do you want to get off your chest this week, Q? What do I want to get off my chest? Oh, man, the last weekend, the last weekend with no football, man. It feels about to start cranking up next weekend, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that, man. Uh, on that note, um, I'm looking forward to the college season because uh, the colleges are, are mm. starting their preseason stuff now, too. And what, it's July now, so I think middle of August or third week of August, college starts, so that's about to start. So I'm seeing a lot more, you know, uh, practice videos, people getting ready for the offseason. LSU Tigers got a new locker room and stuff like that. So for me, that's fun to see just the the Internet's going to get football heavy, even though we've been doing it out here in Europe all summer. It's about to get real football in the States right now, so both excited about that. Holla, holla, it's time for fan shout-outs. Going to the fan shout-outs. We still haven't got any emails, man. Send us some damn emails to perfectpurpose at gmail.com. Trying to get a shout-out. We want to engage with you guys. Um, the downloads are still up. People are actually listening to the podcast. So if you're listening and you want to get involved, let us know. We're going to start doing topics now. So if you have a topic that you want us to discuss, send it in the email, man, and we'll put it out here. It's kind of hard coming up with these topics sometimes. <laughs> All right. So for this show, we're going to mix it up again. We stay changing stuff because you can't stay stagnant out here in the podcast world. We're going to go. <laughs> yeah, you got you to gotta bob and weave out here in the podcast uh, world. <laughs> we're, we're over. We just did finished week eight in the Maple League. So for us, that's the halfway point of the season. And we just want to talk about a few midseason candidates for you guys to think about. Um, I think you go one, I go one, you go one, I go one. We'll do it like that. Q, first MVP candidate you have at the midseason point. I think everybody already knows who who I'm choosing for this. Uh, If they number one pick for MVP right now, midseason, I don't think it's it's, – to the people who have played is uh, good throughout this season, but I think he's the most important player on the team. And if he's not playing the way he, it's a different season um, for the. But they win right now. I mean, every game he is impacting for his team, whether they win, he his thing, um, and he's trying to win. And, and, and right now, I, I just him. I agree with you, but I, I'm gonna go with another guy for me. I mean, I agree that Dade Wynn is probably the front runner for us and anyone who actually pays attention to the game. But for me, I'm gonna I'm gonna go and I'm gonna show some love to my boy Miro Cadmary. Okay, now 
the reason I I put Miro in the MVP race is because of what he brings to the table. Okay, I know watching the games, he has a lot of talent at the receiver position. He has a great running back. The offense line is great. Blase, blase. Uh, he's no Brandon Connett, all that crap. But if you're watching the games, watch the games. Somebody has to make the throws. Miro makes the throws when he needs to make them. Somebody has to make big plays, even with his legs. Miro does that. And what he's done this year is he's done that on a consistent level in a league where you're not supposed to. He's facing adversity as, you know, he's a finished quarterback, but he's putting up numbers better than anyone else in the league. He leads the league in, um, per, what is it, completion percentage, 60%. He leads the leagues in yards. He leads the league in touchdowns by, like, I think he has 34. Rojo has 22. He's averaging almost 300 yards a game passing, not to mention that he's rushing the ball as well that gets his actual total yardage over 300 a game. And what Miro has that makes him an MVP candidate for me is he has that it factor. He has that Tim Tebow gene in him that I don't care if it's the ugliest thing. I don't care if it don't look like it's going to work, but he'll make sure that when you need it, he's going to make that play. And that's what he's done this season with the, the Roosters team is he's guided them to wins. He's made sure that when they got ahead, they didn't give up any leads. And when they needed him to be more than what he is, he always steps up. That's the most valuable player to me. I'm just making a case for him. That's all I'm doing. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> you know, I, I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Throw out another name. Uh, actually, actually, Miro is going to be my name, but I'll go on the defenses. Uh, Donovan Hayden, he would be a candidate for MVP for me. So really he's standing out every game. He, he's making a big difference. Uh, tackles for loss or sacks. He's, he's all over the field, man, making touchdown saving tackles. Uh, he's making a lot of plays, and, and the way he's playing his MVP. Uh, he stands out on that defense. Even though they have the good players on their defense, Donovan Hayton is one of those guys where you always have to make sure where he is, know if he's blitzing. You know, you got you to gotta be aware of him on the field, and, and that's what I like from him as an import. He's playing exactly how import's supposed to play. Uh, he'll, he'll get my second MVP vote. Yeah, I changed my mind. I'm not even going to do a second MVP because I feel like those three are the best candidates right there. So we'll leave it at three candidates, man. Yeah. I, I feel like those are three good ones. That's cool. I, I wanted to do a defensive guy as well, but Donovan Hayden is probably the only defensive guy who's consistently just made plays this year. And that that's a credit to most of the offenses in the Maple League, honestly. It's hard to be consistent when a lot of these offenses are – doing well against everybody's defense cheers to the freaking weekend maple league teams are back in action on thursday with the wolverines at the royals then the roosters host the crocodiles on friday and the saints and steelers play on on saturday later today our panel of football experts are going to pick winners for this week's games the picks can be found on the podium facebook page and the perfect purpose facebook page as of now Tuomas Heckenden is in first at 17-7, and and everyone else is 16-8, one game back. This has been the most competitive (laughs) pick-em season ever because we're picking differently, but it's still all shaking out that we're really close on all the games. I mean, and I don't care 
I, I get a lot of flack on the internet on the line. And if you're listening to this, you probably are someone who gives me some of that flack. I can handle it. But every time.